welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in each and every week and listening to this great podcast. And I encourage you to, on whatever platform that you listen to or your favorite app, please be sure to go on and leave a review so other great people like yourself can find this podcast. Also, if you've probably been listening for quite a while or follow me week to week, you know that I've had a couple breaks here. It is because I've had a kid and just some extra things that have come on my plate lately that's just been a little bit more on the workload, but we're getting back into things, getting into the swing of it, and we'll be back off and running uh, with this podcast each and every week going forward. I got some exciting news coming up here pretty soon, and this is part of, you know, I had to put the back, uh, put this on the back burner for the podcast is because I am redoing a studio in my house, and so hopefully, start of 2024, we can maybe start with some video podcasts as well. So that would be just another way that you can watch or listen to this podcast, which would be really cool. Kind of going into what I've gone through through life more recently and whatnot, and just navigating the chaos of being a full-time parent as well as being a working professional. And that's just struggling with how to balance it all. And that's what I wanted to use this podcast episode for. And so I kind of go into some of the juggling acts of how you can manage it and, and how effectively you can do that and still be a great parent, still be working with your finances, and then still be doing a great job at work as well. So kind of the first part is just you got to feel like you're juggling with fire torches, riding a unicycle, and just it seems like you're trying to maneuver around all the kid toys on the floor. It just like seems like some days it is just nuts. And if you're feeling like that, it's okay. You got other people and other parents that have felt the same way or feel the same way as you do currently. And some days are better than others. And even if you do have all the things figured out, whether that's the social media influencer that you listen to on whatever platform or you're listening to this podcast, it people can seem like they have it figured out. But I'll tell you right now is that everybody's going to have their days. But there are some things that you can put in place that can help out with those days, either to make them not as stressful or to make sure that they're few and infrequent. So here's some things that we can do to kind of limit those just crazy days where it seems like you walk in the door and it just is like utter chaos. And the first part is just figuring out money and, and money matters whether you want to admit it or not. And there's some certain things that you can do to not only better yourself financially, whether that's using a budget or maximizing your income. So I'll kind of dive into those first two things first. If you know me, you know I'm a huge proponent into a budget. And I know that's like a buzzkill and people don't like that word. People don't want even want to associate themselves with a budget. They'd like to just have an income that's much, much bigger than what they have right now. And then everything will be fine. Sometimes that can help but often it's you have to have a significant income to kind of mask your problems when you have what you have with money. So I want to go through that part first and, and let's start using that budget to kind of strategize for using that income and making the most of it. So there's some different ways that you can use the budget. And again, we have previous episodes, I believe it was episode 17 was 
about budgeting, but making sure that you use some kind of of budgeting software, whether that is an app, an electronic budget, or even if it's pencil and paper, if that works for you, go for it. Do whatever works for you going forward to make sure that you have some kind of a budget. And typically you'll do your budget almost twice. You'll do a budget as a, of a pre-planning to see, okay, going forward, what do I expect are my bills and the, the projected cash flow? And then you got to come back after a month and go, okay, what did I actually spend? Was I on track? Was I on budget? And then going forward, let's make some adjustments to that budget. And you're going to have some influxes in that budget from month to month, week to week, year to year. There's different things that are going to be happening in your life that will affect that. And especially as your kids age, you will see some ebbs and flows in that cash flow for that reason. For example, if you have a young baby, an infant, your bulk of your cost at the beginning is going to be usually diapers, maybe formula, maybe it is some extra things that you just maybe ran out of or you didn't have to start if you had a new baby, pacifiers, bottles, bottle warmer, the bags that you need for breast milk, pumps, all that kind of stuff is going to be things that you're going to have to put into your budget. And then it might seem like for a while things aren't too bad. If you get to a point where your child's maybe not using formula anymore, maybe they're on just regular milk and they're starting a, the baby food, well, maybe you have some baby food costs in there, but maybe you have less in diapers because they're just not going to the bathroom as much. And then you might get to a point where, holy smokes, we're getting out of diapers, but now I've got a kid that's eating half of what an adult eats, and but now I have two kids, so then it's like I have an extra adult in the house, so I have some extra bills when it comes to groceries. These are all things that are going to affect your budget. And then even going forward, whether that's daycare, not having daycare, going into some kind of a sport or extracurricular activity, these are all things that are going to be ebbs and flows in your budget going forward. But it's just making sure that you're planning for each and every one of those. And there's some ways that you can do a budget and make it a lot easier. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, but if this is your first episode, let's kind of get into that. One thing that you can do is you can set up a bills account. And this is what I do. It's, I find it, it's one of the easiest ways to kind of put your bills and all that on autopilot. Basically, what you'll have is a, is a bills account that you'll have as a savings account. And going through your budget, you'll know what your overall bills are going to be each and every month, whether that's the mortgage, the utility payments, your car payments. This could be your phone bill, just the Netflix bill, the, the utility bills, all those things that kind of come in each and every month that you know pretty close what they're going to be. Gas, registration, insurance, all those things will be kind of pretty easy to plan out. And so you can put together a, a, a bills account that all of those will draft out of that bills account. So as long as you have money in there, all, of that, all those bills will be paid on autopilot because they'll be drafted on whatever day that that bill's due. And what I've done is I use that bills account as not only a way to shift money each time I get a paycheck. So I get money, it goes into the bills account where I know exactly how much needs to go in there to pay the bills. And then anything other than that is money that I kind of have, quote unquote, free to use. Now, knowing being a parent, there's going to be some extra things that just happen from week to week. You need paper towels, you need paper plates, you need the 
the extra of the grocery bill because you forgot to get something or something ran out midweek and you didn't realize it. Those things kind of play into your budget and you can and plan that stuff out as well. But but by using that bills account, I've put it on autopilot. And what I do is I combine that together with my emergency fund. So I know if I lost my job for whatever reason, I couldn't work, I was making no money, I could know that, hey, my bills are going to be paid for the next couple of months because I have that bills account set up, funded, and it's on autopilot. And that gives me some assurance that even in a bad case scenario or worst case scenario, I'm still okay. And so that's really the whole point of that is making sure that that stuff's on autopilot. So that way, not on top of the chaotic day that you're going to have as a parent and having work, you have to worry about all these bills and making sure that you're writing checks or putting in your financial information or your credit card to pay these bills month to month. Now, some people may say, don't do that because you might pay more or it's easy for them to, to charge extra on what you're doing. That's maybe true, and that's why you need to go through and do a budget every month or every other month to go through and check all these things. But I'll tell you from being a busy parent that this is just one thing that you don't have to worry about as much by having it on that autopilot. Of course, you got to review it, but it makes it much, much easier. Now, when it comes to your household income, it's really important to maximize that household income. And you can often do that without sacrificing the family time, making sure that you have time for your family to spend time with your kids, spend time with your spouse. All those things can be doable when you maximize your income. And a great way to do that, of course, is the budgeting part. I'll give you just an example of why that is so important. Let's say you make $60,000 salary. You got a 10%, say a bonus or a raise going into next year. You take that 10 percent bonus, which is $6,000. You divide that by 12, that comes out to be about $500 a month in a difference of, of that new bonus. A 10% bonus sounds great. $6,000 extra of income sounds great. But when you start breaking it down monthly, $500 can make a dent, but you can often spend way more than that by not budgeting correctly or overspending where you won't even feel that bump in pay because you're not budgeting or spending correctly. So that's why it's so important to, to maximize the budget because it will give you so much more money by having that. Another great way to maximize your income is to maximize your tax deductions. And right now recording this podcast, we're getting closer to the end of the year. So this is a great time to kind of review what you're spending or what you've spent over the course of the year to see if you can maximize some of these deductions over and above what you're probably taking as a standard deduction. Kind of just a review, there's two ways to kind of do your taxes. There's a standard deduction and an itemized deduction. And it kind of depends on your financial circumstances, your income, and, and some different things that you're doing uh, as a business and that kind of a thing. But most people fall under the standard deduction currently. And even though you're falling under the standard deduction, which basically means that there's a standard amount based on if you're single or married or how you file that they will deduct from your taxes that you essentially don't pay taxes on. And then anything over and above that deduction is what you'll be taxed on at a marginal tax rate. But there are some additional deductions that can go above the line is what it's called. And 
I'll kind of run through a list of things that could pertain to you. Uh, if you're often using even a TurboTax or using uh, a CPA to do your taxes, likely they'll catch these things. But you often have, a, have to have a conversation with them because if you don't give them the full picture, they might not know that you can use these deductions. But I'll kind of run through some of these so that way you will know about them going into tax time here pretty soon. First one is a child tax credit. This is just essentially a tax credit for however many kids you have. And again, a tax credit is different than a deduction. A deduction is only going to be a certain percentage of your taxable income. So for example, if you have a deduction of 20% of your marginal tax bracket and you're marginally making 22%, you only might be deducting a couple hundred dollars on a, on a tax deduction based on your income and whatever tax rate you're at, where a tax credit is a full 100% credit of the, that tax dollars. And basically what that means, like if you had a $2,000 tax credit, that's a dollar for dollar tax credit that's going against your taxes. So if you owed $5,000 in federal taxes, you had a $2,000 tax credit, then you essentially owe $3,000. If you have a tax deduction of $2,000 and your marginal tax bracket is like 20%, well, you're only seeing like a $400 deduction of your taxes compared to the tax credit. So a tax credit is much better than a deduction. So by having children, you get that tax credit, which is obviously a plus. But if you know you have children, you're going to be spending a lot more than that tax credit. But it's still important to make sure you maximize that. There's another one that's called the child independent care credit. Basically, this is if you pay somebody to watch your kids, whether that is a daycare or you have some type of, of nanny or even if you pay a family member. Now, you got to make sure if you're paying a family member that if they're, they got to be including that on their taxes to be able to deduct it. And so often if you're just paying kind of under the table, which I'm not telling you to do that, if you did, you can't really claim that, that credit because you do need some kind of 1099 to back that up. But you can deduct up to 35% of $3,000 of expenses for one child or 35% of $6,000 for two or more dependents. So that's a really good tax credit if you are paying for some type of, of daycare or something like that. Another one would be the American Opportunity Tax Credit or the Lifetime Learning Credit. These are basically if you are going back to school or if you're currently going through school and working through that, that there is some extra credit there when it comes to your taxes based on how much you're paying for those tu tuition, books, the expenses of school. So those are some things that you want to look at, especially if you're just graduating from college and you are just starting in the workforce. Often these are things that you can use as a deduction now that you're earning an income, but you had six months of expenses from your college. Just just after graduating. I, I took advantage of that when I was young enough to do that. Another one would be student loan interest deduction. You can write up to $2,500 of your taxable income if they paid interest on the student loans. So you can only write this off if you started making payments. So if you've kind of delayed making payments over the past couple of years, likely you can't write off the interest because there was no interest to deduct because you didn't pay it. But if you did, this would be a great way to reduce your taxes as you're 
reducing your debt load. There's some other ones I'll just kind of just mention is there's an adoption credit. So if you're in the process of adoption or have adopted somebody, then you can often reduce your taxes by taking advantage of that credit. Another great one would be the savers credit. Basically, this is a credit if you earn under a certain limit. That's about roughly just today, 2023. I think it's 74000 of joint income. If you make below that and contribute to some type of retirement account, you will get a tax credit over and above the amount that you put in. Uh, so that could be up to $1,000 to $2,000, depending if you're single or uh, married. And that can be a, a great tax benefit. And again, if you are younger and just graduated college and you're only working for basically six months because you started work halfway through, this is a great way that you could save, even though your income is still you know, pretty high. Like let's say you made $60,000 in one year. That's your salary. Well, you basically made 30 in one year because you started halfway. So you're eligible for that tax credit. And you can, as long as you've saved for those retirement accounts. If you do contribute to an IRA or a 401k, if you're using uh, pre-tax, that's obviously a deduction for you as well, which is a great way to go. But I would recommend you do do the Roth as a young professional for a couple of different reasons. And if you want to know more about that, go back to some previous episodes, you'll find it. Another great way, especially if you're at a higher income, is an HSA. And this has got a, the triple tax deduction. Basically, you get the deduction to put the money in. You get it tax deferred as it grows. And then if you pull it out for uh, medical expenses of any kind, then it's tax-free. So you really essentially never pay taxes on it at any point in time as long as you're using it for medical reasons. Now, again, an HSA is a health savings account, and you have to be eligible for these. Typically, these are done through an employer who has a high deductible health insurance plan. So if you have that and you have the ability to contribute to that, I highly encourage to put money in there. Even if you are at a lower income or even a marginally income, just making sure you're putting money into that. And my goal, especially as I was younger, is to put enough money in there to start it off to hopefully get to where you would meet your deductible. So if you ever got into a circumstance where you needed medical help for surgery or whatever, you could use that HSA to help out with the deductible cost and you essentially really don't come out of pocket without paying taxes. So it's a great way to take advantage of that. Another one is self-employment expense deductions. This is basically anybody who is like a 1099 self-employed. They are not covered under a W-2 salary hourly wage. Basically, if you're a 1099 and self-employed, there are some extra expenses that you can deduct um, by having a business. And a great way to do this, and this is something that Nicole and I take advantage of, is if you have some type of business through your home, like Nicole works at home and does all of her work at home, so we can deduct part of our home expenses because they are used for business, whether that's the phone bill, utility bills, a certain part of our house to be able to deduct uh, from our mortgage. These are all great ways that you can deduct taxes by being self-employed. But if you're not, you can't really take advantage of that. Another really important one, and I'll hit on this because it's, it's, I see it a lot, and that's if you get these big tax refunds. So if you're getting a couple of grand back, that's not good. Typically, what that means is that you're giving the government more money in your tax withholding 
than what should be being withheld, and then they're just giving it back to you. So essentially, you gave them a loan for basically a year at no interest. They don't pay you extra interest because you paid them too much. But if it goes the other way, if you paid not enough, then typically they want interest. So kind of a backwards way of doing it. But if you're getting a huge refund, and I've seen this where someone got like 12 grand back, that's not really good because you basically are forfeiting $1,000 a month of money that could be in your pocket that you just gave to the government as an interest-free loan. So making sure that you are, especially if you've got a big tax refund last year and it wasn't for any some crazy reason uh, and it's just you're withholding through your paycheck, through your employer, making sure that you catch that and, and make some changes for that withholding through your employer. And you can go to your HR department and typically get that fixed. Another great way beyond the budget, and, and again, this is helping with kind of the budgeting plan, but is everybody's got to eat, and that's a main expense for most families. And so making sure you do some kind of meal planning, and that's not only going to help you with your physical health, but it will also help with your financial one too. And Nicole's really good at this. I'll give her a ton of credit and kind of helps with her background being in, in physical fitness and all that kind of stuff. But she plans out all of our dinners for the week. And she, typically she does this on Saturdays or Sundays. And she'll go through each one of the days of the week and kind of plans out a meal. And some of them are kind of broken down pretty easily. I tell you, just about every Friday we go out and get pizza. So that one's kind of taken off the list. Sunday, we typically do breakfast. And so it's just making sure we fill in those other days of the week on, on what we were going to eat. Now, that makes it not only easier for us to plan out mentally what we're going to eat that day. So we don't have to sit there and start racking our brains at 530 at night and go, okay, what should we make for dinner? Which often leads to we're going to get something for takeout because that sounds a whole lot better than us, you know, slaving over a stove for the next hour. But it also helps out when it comes to buying groceries. This allows Nicole to go, okay, what do we need for the week to be able to prepare these meals? And then we have the typical things that we'll add on for the kids' lunch or our lunch and that kind of thing too. And so it makes it a lot easier to plan. And then we often use like the crock pot or something like that that makes preparing dinner a whole lot easier. We can just throw everything in and then once we all get home and are ready to eat, we can just open the crockpot lid and, and start eating. So that makes things a lot easier for us. And that just, especially with the chaotic work schedule of, of not only work, but having kids, it makes that a whole lot easier. And one thing I like to do, and I sometimes have to remind Nicole, is I like to do something usually on like a Monday that we can do for leftovers. And so usually Monday I like to have as a bigger meal, we cook a lot of extra food and then those will provide me lunches for the next couple of days as like a, as a, as a lunch to take to work. So I like to do some type of like pasta that's usually pretty easy to like heat up and, and reuse with some type of protein, whether that's like a chicken or, or, or meatballs or something like that, that we can use for the next couple of days that only reduces my cost for for takeout for lunch but also reduces our cost as a family as well now all of that kind of leads into 
the next part and that's just the 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 balance of everything and often you have to take care of yourself in in the midst of all of this chaos and you've probably heard the the saying put your own oxygen mask on first before you put it on others and i think that's really important to to use that as a as an analogy when it comes to providing for your family not only from a financial standpoint but from a stress level standpoint as well so what are some ways that Nicole and I or, or myself kind of take advantage of this? And one thing that I like to do is, is like to work out, whether that's working out at night or working out in the morning. This is just a time, even if it's for 30 minutes, that I can kind of work through some stresses or things that are going on in my life that I don't have to carry over to my family. And another great way that I like to to kind of have as a as a hobby is is home projects. That's one thing that just kind of keeps my mind going, and it keeps me stimulated. I guess in a way that I'm not worrying about some other little things that are going on. And then I just encourage you to have these healthy hobbies. And I I say healthy because there's a lot of hobbies that you can have that aren't good for you long term. Whether that's the watching TV, watching movies, and I'm not going to tell you that we don't do that a lot because we do. That's one thing that we do as a family is watch quite a bit of movies, especially this time of year. Nicole loves Christmas movies, so that's almost like a nightly ritual for us. But still having some healthy hobbies in there, whether that is working out, riding a bike, going for walks, going for a run, doing some type of physical activity, playing pickleball, whatever that is, having some kind of healthy hobby in, in your life that at least you're doing a couple times a week. What Nicole and I do is we have some designated times for ourselves. She'll have maybe a girl's night out, whether that's you know going for lunch or a, an evening without, with her friends. Sometimes I might have a guy's night where we'll go out and just watch some football. We have different things that we do through our church. Nicole has a mops group, which is mothers of preschoolers. And they get together and kind of do some different activities through, through that. And that often also has some type of child care as well, which helps out for both of us, especially because that's usually during the workday. And then I'll do a men's group, which is usually like a Thursday or every other Thursday, where I just get together with a lot of the other guys in, in the church and we just do some different activities. So these are just kind of some cool ways that we have designated in our lives to be able to, to make sure that we're the best version of ourselves. And then what we try to do is throughout the years schedule some different activities that we can not only prepare ourselves through those healthy habits or those healthy hobbies, but it kind of gives us something to look forward to as well. Now, whether that's a marathon, half marathon, 5K, those are things that we kind of plan on. I did the bike ride from Lansing to Mackinac, the Delmac last year, and I plan to do something of that, whether it's the same thing or a different ride plan to do something like that again and then we try to do some different things whether that's camping trips I like to go fishing every once in a while maybe a mini vacation that Nicole and I will take or we'll take with the kids these are just some great ways that we can kind of get away from the everyday acts of life but not break the bank as much and then they're also just healthy habits to have as well so you can be the best version of yourself now again Everything of this is a, jungle, a juggling act. Whether you have fire torches or bowling pins, riding your cycle or standing on flat ground, there's some different things that each one of us are dealing with. 
but it's just making sure that you are taking the necessary steps to better yourself. Even if it's a 1% a day, 1% a month, just bettering yourself a little bit. You're not going to make an overnight change and drastically change your lifestyle and all that kind of thing. My, my encouragement to you is just, just taking a step as much as you can throughout life, through having kids, having a spouse, making sure that you're taking the necessary steps to better yourself going forward. And, and hopefully that happens with a financial step too. So if you have any questions, of course, you can go to that type form, whether that is going to be in the bio of my social media profiles, Facebook and LinkedIn, or I'll have that link in the show notes as well. So you can click on that, send me a question. And then pretty soon, probably even next episode, we'll do some of the Q and A's. I've started to get some questions coming in through there. So I will do an episode just on answering those Q&As. But if those are some things that you're interested in, of course, you remain completely unanimous. I don't know who you are. It's just going to be giving you some great information at no cost to you. So if you can, type that in. And of course, thank you for listening into the podcast. And I hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCOA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.